Hey guys, Bill here. And there's a lot coming up. Alright, but before we get into what's coming up, I gotta talk to you about today's guest. Today's guest is a, an old friend of mine. He was uh, one of the people, and not one of the first people I met when I moved to Kenai, but one of the first people I met to Kenai when I started getting involved in stuff. His name is Jacob. He is a good friend of mine. He's been around the community for a long time. And if you've lived on the Kenai Peninsula, then you, you may or may not know Jacob. He's been here, well, all of his life. Um, now, today we discuss important things like the new Godzilla movie, at length, and why you should watch it. This conversation is brought to you by the fine folks at Permafrost Promotions. If you're not familiar with Permafrost Promotions, they're, well, they are a promotions company, and they are assisting us in bringing Alaska Red and DJ Sharp to Kenai for George's nightclub performance on June 22nd with Duckman, D. Gutta, and local support from AK Saint and Sea Legs. This concert is brought to you locally by 5150 Vapes, Charlotte's in Kenai, Mad Creations Tattoo, Red Run Cannabis Company, AK Martial Arts, AK-49 Martial Arts, let's clarify that, uh, AK-49 Martial Arts, Iron Asylum, and Warner Brothers Horticulture. All right, tickets are available now at 5150 Vapes and Sold. And George's, lo- uh, George's Nightclub is located on the backside of Paradiso's in Kenai. That is June 22nd with Alaska's premier touring hip-hop artist, Alaska Red. Alaska Red, uh, just this past uh, October, November, was on the tour with Mayday from Strange Music. And so he's going to be bringing a lot of years of experience to the stage at Kenai's to burn that son of a biscuit down. It is part of the Tummer, the, bleh, Tummer, the Summer 2019 Blazed and Infused Tour. You can check that out again June 22nd. All right. So that being said, by all means, be sure to check out the regular sponsor of this podcast as well. Iron Asylum, located on KB Road. If you are looking for a gym to go pick stuff up and put stuff down, that is a place where you could go do those very things. All right, if you are looking for a place to get uh, equipment to vape, maybe you're looking for a new mod, maybe you're looking for some new juices, 5150 Vapes, located in Soldatna, is your vape super center on the peninsula. They also have my favorite vape product at the moment, Shatter Batter. Shatter Batter is a product that allows you to turn your concentrate into a vapable liquid so that you can, well, use your concentrate anywhere you can vape. Alright. So, also Mad Creations Tattoo, located in Soldatna on the Spur Highway. Queen Kadinkley, they're also sponsoring the concert and they are doing a piece for Alaska Red when he comes into town. And, Eventually, they're going to get to do my Happy Shack. Now, if you don't know what Happy Shack is, it is Happy Shaquille O'Neal. Because what's wrong with Shaquille O'Neal? Absolutely nothing. Shaquille O'Neal is probably evidence that America is the greatest country in the history of the universe. I'm sure there are aliens that are watching our country just to see what Shaq is doing next. For them, it's the Shaq reality show. Everyone else here is just an extra. It's all about Shaq. All right, folks. Uh, today, I would like to thank my guest, Jacob, for sitting down 
and talking about Godzilla, amongst other things. We talk about other movies, we talk about other stuff, we talk about some MK Ultra and all of that goodness, some stuff you should probably look into if you're looking to kill a few hours on YouTube and the internet. All right, folks, thank you very, very much. And Trap Horde Circuit, you beautiful son of a biscuit, you take it away. Good day, good morning, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. Today, I am joined by the one and only Mucknuck. <laughs> Jacob, Jacob, if you will. Not Jacob the Liar, because that's a movie from Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. And, and he's no longer with us. And Jacob is, so it's definitely not the same person. Not to be confused. Alright, so um, Jacob just got back from a movie that I saw very recently as well, and we're going to talk about that today. It is uh, a film about the king of the monsters, Godzilla. Godzilla, who, by the way, this film's been really commercialized in, in ways that I've never seen like films get commercialized. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Johnny Dang. He's the guy that made gold grills uh, popular with Paul Wall. He was the guy that was actually making the grills. So... Johnny Dang did a Godzilla King of the Monsters iced out pendant to promote the movie. This was one of the the, the ways that they promote movies now. They just have Johnny Dang make three hundred thousand dollar jewelry for him to wear. Crazy. Yeah, I didn't see anyone else at the premiere like rocking this chain. Like none of the none of the stars of the film. Uh, none of them. Nobody who was like an extra, like Ken Watanabe wasn't in there, like rocking the Godzilla King of the Monsters chain. He should have. He, he absolutely should have. Um, so let's talk a little bit uh, about this film. Now you are you're a Godzilla nut. You're wearing a Godzilla shirt right now. Uh, off the top of your head, what have, what have you thought about the the way the series has uh, has come uh, in these last two uh, in the the kind of westernization of uh, Godzilla in the last two films? I think they're doing a good job, better job than the what was it ninety eight Godzilla Matthew Broderick and and Puffy. And, and Puffy. And, and Led like Zeppelin. Yes, yeah. the cashmere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting because uh, the end credit, they had Serge Tanakian uh, doing a cover of Blue Oyster Cults. You know, Godzilla. Godzilla, yeah. You know, like we had in Matthew Broderick's. You know. Yeah. So, and that's, and that's where we're at. But it was cool seeing Serge's name in the credits. Like, I, I saw this, like, I heard the song, and then I was like, this is... This isn't that. This is a new. This is much cleaner. Yeah. This sounds much better. And then I saw, oh, oh, Serge did this. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And they incorporated a lot of the original Japanese instrumentation. Um, I forget uh, which Godzilla theme he incorporated into Blue Oyster Cult, but um, I don't remember the composer's name. Just that Serge was attached to it. But yeah. I thought they did a really good job. And they did an amazing job with the music throughout the film. Um, there, when we first saw Mothra, or when she's in the waterfall, uh, there were hints like you could catch the flutes for the yeah. original Mothra theme, which I felt was kind of muted and kept in the background. Could have been brought out a little more, yeah. but still, that was really awesome to catch. <laughs> yeah. So as a fan of it, it's, it's good to see um, that that the high fives and the, the tributes to people that have been around for a while that have yeah. like legitimate time invested in this. So I think it's good when when these films are being made by people who are fans of the series and not like 
where it seems like Ferris Bueller on a cash grab. Right. And and I don't want to knock the guy that married um, the, the, the chick from Sex and the City, but watching that film, it seemed like it was a film that was made to sell shit. Like, yeah. they, they had a Taco Bell campaign, they had the little Chihuahua, mm-hmm. and Godzilla. Like, who gives a shit? Like, it's, if I'm in it for Godzilla, I'm not in it for the Taco Bell experience that goes with it. Like, unless you're giving me a special edition Mountain Dew, uh, cut cut it out. Yeah. It's, uh, you know... Which, yeah. As an aside, you brought up Robin Williams, and we had Aladdin come out at the same time. And it's interesting that he had a falling out with Disney over the original Aladdin. Because he'd had it in his contract that there would be no merchandising of his character in order to just sell junk and garbage. And, you know, that's but that's what we're seeing in movies. These love junk and garbage. Well, the mo- a lot of films are created to, to sell you the, the, the junk and garbage. There's, um, it, it used to be, and it's really weird, um, I guess we kind of still, there are movies made, for, made based off of toys... And then there are movies that are made to sell you all of the extra shit, the the tie-ins with with McDonald's and with Burger King or with you know freaking Taco Bell. Which, by the way, if you have the opportunity to get your hands on the Taco Bell chips that have just been uh, released, you can probably get them on your grocery store. I got them in a vending machine for a dollar twenty-five. Uh, get that dollar twenty-five. Get all of that in quarters. And throw it at somebody. And <laughs> never, I mean, throw those quarters in someplace you'll never see them again. Like, throw them in the bottom of a deep, dark well. If you come across a well and there's a child stuck in it, um, use the quarters to gauge uh, how far down they are, um, you know, when you throw them at the child. <laughs> because the $1.25 that you could spend on these chips is better served being thrown down a well. So that being said, <laughs> I also I also like the the Godzilla film. I was a big fan. I'm not not as big a fan as as you, but for me, I, I watch these I watch these films because I get attached to weird little tie-ins. Like when I, I don't like the commercialization of these things, but hearing um um Robert Oppenheimer Rob, uh, Robert Oppenheimer's voice. Um, you know, uh, reading, you know, part of the Bhagavad Gita in a teaser trailer for the last Godzilla that came out in like 2014 was like, that was cool. Um, that was cool for me. It was also cool to see a city other than like Washington or Chicago get fucked up by a monster. Um, don't true. That was that was exciting for me. Like, oh, it's Boston. That's cool. Um, you know, like must have got a tax break. I'm sure they did. They, they'll still find a way to shoot it in Georgia, I'm sure. Yeah, um, yeah but write it off on yeah. Boston. Yeah, we made, we made you know, we sent some people there <laughs> to get some hotel rooms and yeah. uh, look at what they could destroy. Um, so how did you think, uh, how, what did you think of some of the characters without without spoiling? I mean, the people that are listening to this are, and, and are wondering about Godzilla have probably already seen it um, by the time that, that they'll get to this. But I've, I've got to say, eco-terrorists, spoiler alert, there's eco-terrorists. Um, and there is this idea that man is terrible. Um, and that's bullshit. Because I don't believe that, I personally don't believe that that, that 
uh, man is terrible uh, and and cannot be uh, cannot be worked on with a with a good bit of self reflection and stuff. Um, but but it's really weird going back to Boston. There's a lot of tie-ins to Boston with this movie, and maybe we should do some more uh, research in this. So the eco terrorist mom. Spoiler alert is also um, the the lady that Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon were hooking up with in The Departed. Oh wow, that goes back a bit. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of Boston tie-ins. She goes back to Boston. Wow. She takes it back to Boston, and she destroys Boston. She's in large part. She's uh, responsible. Her hometown, too. Yeah. 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 I guess in both films. Yeah. Yeah. East Coast girl. Stay away from them. Yeah. Crazy, Crazy, apparently. Especially if they're any that are geneticists and following uh, any any titans that live underground. Speaking of titans that are living underground, there are a lot of things I've been getting into... uh, in the last year or so, um, some of the MK Ultra imagery, um, the mind control projects of the you know from the 40s, 50s, 60s, uh, some of them probably still going on today, in in some way, shape, or form that we don't know about. But the look into it, look into the MK Ultra stuff. These were um, CIA studies, mind control studies led by German scientists, uh, hence the MK, otherwise it would have been MC. Uh, but these were led by Nazi scientists, which, by the way, a lot of American science after World War II came from Nazi scientists. Yes. Um, but we're going to kind of stick on the MK Ultra <laughs> stuff here, because a, a lot of, and by the way, I don't think Japan was necessarily involved with the, the U.S. MK Ultra stuff, but the monarch butterfly is something that is is very it's a symbol um with a lot of juice in um in the MK Ultra world in that mind control world it has a lot to do with uh rebirth and and that sort of thing and so that's why when you see a lot of these videos that talk about MK Ultra in in the modern universe you'll see like Mariah Carey's butterfly you'll see pop stars who talk about things um, like sliding in and out of other dimensions, like Katy Perry in in certain songs has mm-hmm. has talked about coming in and out of in and out of other dimensions. She's had uh, imagery that was um, kind of harking back to uh, to the Egyptians, where she is Cleopatra, the Egyptians, uh, who you know a not so ancient society that may or may not have had uh, technologies that we still don't have now. Isn't that the track with Juicy J on it? That is the track with Juicy uh-huh. J. Um, which, by the way, if if it weren't a Katy Perry song, I probably I probably love that song. Um, but the, but we you go to the imagery of the monarch butterfly, and then for me you attach that to um, it's this monarch agency that mm-hmm. is controlling the titans that are keeping us safe. Yes. Yes. And so. We need to we need to have faith in the butterfly. <laughs> the butterfly, you know, your Mariah Carey's, your Britney Spears, your Katy Perry's, your, and I'll even say, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ariana Grande and whoever this uh, behind the scenes pop star, you know, human sock puppet is. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta trust the butterfly. You gotta trust what comes out of the cocoon. Um, 
Butterfly is also a fixture in like chaos theory. Okay, so say. please, you're smarter than me. Explain chaos theory. So, uh, for anyone listening who may not be familiar with chaos theory, well, with, with chaos theory, the butterfly, it's that small changes in a system have a ripple effect that can end up having huge consequences. Um, and like in Jurassic Park, uh, they simplified it. Butterfly flaps its wings in the U.S. and it causes tornadoes in Japan. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum went on to explain putting a drop of water on somebody's hand. Right. A lot of things I learned in Jurassic Park. Right. I learned. Um, <laughs> I learned about. I learned that uh, all all things, like all living things, are are uh, female until they're they're given a proper gene at the right time, and that's why they uh, they never had any boys yeah. on Jurassic Park. Boy, were they wrong. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I should have avoided that frog DNA. Uh, but it's it's really weird that there are these these films that, that are franchises. It's a popular idea that mankind can control giant creatures. Things what, beyond their um, control ability. Yeah. Um, you cannot control nature, but we are... But we are actively cloning. I mean, there's there's proof of, of human animal hybrids. Um, these are these are things that are real. It's not just it's not just crazy talk. These are things that you can look into. And and I hate to say that that the Western uh, mass media has corrupted Godzilla. I mean, maybe there's a way to take him back. <laughs> um, but. As as far as the, the the backstories of Godzilla, do you feel like in this film that it was something that was uh, that, that was properly addressed and that was something they properly uh, dealt with in this, this current series versus the roots of Godzilla? Uh, with the backstory, I feel like there's paying strong homage to Toho's uh, history, um, and it feels like they keep hinting, but I don't remember any. Def- in any of the movies that Toho ever definitively gave us his backstory and history, there's been hints about an ancient civilization that created him to, as a being to protect the earth, come whatever may. But um, I don't remember that Toho's ever had any explicit, this is what happens. And uh, what I'm seeing in the American movies is, uh, you know, they're bringing out everything that Toho has throughout the 50-some movies. Um, but they're not explicitly going to put in their own story. feels more like just constant homage. Okay. Do you think that that's, that's going to get stale, or do you think that um, it, it's something that can continue to go? Do you think that – I hate to say that, like, it's, it's going to be uh, – it, it has the potential to be hijacked by uh, – by like a climate change narrative, like I just want to have big, big evil monsters, big nuke. By the way, nuclear Godzilla is worth the price of admission. Getting to see nuclear Godzilla is one of the coolest things ever. Yeah, I that was amazing. I recommend that. So, would you recommend the movie? Yes, very much. If you're a fan of Godzilla, if you're a fan of kaiju movies. This is one to go see. Um, I know that critics had panned it, saying that there was too much monster fighting and not enough human drama, or I felt there was too much human drama. They could have shortened that a little bit and had a lot more monster fighting. Yeah, I don't give a shit about the people. I don't care about <laughs> eco-terrorists. I didn't, 
I went to see Godzilla take on three-headed monsters. I went to see Mothra, uh, and maybe a maybe a, a quick snap of of Kong. Um, I am excited about Kong versus Godzilla. I I like that we had we had lightning mouth Godzilla. <laughs> I'm glad we had nuclear Godzilla, lightning mouth Godzilla, and I'm I'm excited to see what he has in store for King Kong. Yeah. Now, who do you prefer, Kong or Godzilla? Why? <laughs> Godzilla's cooler. I don't know, and uh, probably because Godzilla's the one, the first one that I ever watched. No, and I like King Kong, but I feel that Godzilla is the stronger character. And, and I won't argue with that, but <laughs> I I will say that unless Godzilla, I think that unless Godzilla has his nuclear breath, mm-hmm. uh, that I don't think that he'll be able to take King Kong. I yeah. think that uh, King Kong is just going to have too much instinctual like monkey wrestling. Like he'll be able to to rip off one of uh, one of Godzilla's arms. Yeah. Um, God, comparatively speaking, I mean Godzilla has big arms, but they're like they're like freaking T Rex arms. They're not very big. Godzilla's essentially he's a like a like a I don't know. Um, uh, I won't say a radiator. I don't think it's necessarily the right word, but but he's he's a Chernobyl uh, T Rex. Yeah, essentially he's. Um, you know, he's the he's the bikini atoll lizard that got real, real big. Um, yep. So Godzilla sh- or King Kong should be able to move faster, should be more agile, should be more intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. However, you also have if you have nuclear breath Godzilla. Um, yeah. Or even meltdown like we saw in you know this movie. Yeah. That's gonna change the game up a little bit, but. You know, we haven't seen King Kong in how many years? You know, has he continued to grow? Has he developed new powers? Yeah, so the last time we saw King Kong was in the 1960s. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he would have have to, to have grown. I don't know how old he was yeah. in at that time period, but he's had 50 years to kind of tack on some experiences. He's seen some things. He's done some things. I'm sure he's gotten into like a monkey fight with them, so that big spider thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we look uh, towards the end in the credits, they're showing the cave paintings, and they showed a picture of Kong and Godzilla, and they look to be about similar in size. So, whether that was accurate or not remains to be seen. So, so we're agreed. Get rid of the human stuff. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, Topher Grace has edited a. a Star Wars, the the first three, like the Jar Jar Binks uh, trilogy, and he's edited out the garbage. Like that's a thing that you can apparently go on to whatever torrent site you want to find, search your Topher Grace Star Wars, and get a Topher Grace edited Star Wars. Interesting. Yeah. That. Who would have thought the guy from that '70s show would be editing uh, Star Wars and making it better? Right. Yeah, but speaking of like cool things that you can find out there that are better than the originals. Um, not a lot of people know this, uh, but I guess it's, you know, if you're a big fan of Metallica, you probably know this. Um, apparently Lars, uh, Lars Ulrich is an asshole. Okay. Mm-hmm. And being the asshole that he is, uh, spent a lot of time and a lot of energy on, uh, during the recording of, um, Injustice for All that, um, the effort and, and uh, attention that was put on the drums took away 
uh, from uh, Jason's performance on the bass. Yeah. That that was Lars and James. They they both. I'm gonna blame Lars. Oh yeah. I'm gonna blame dirty ass, nasty ass Lars. <laughs> All right. Uh, he took uh, he took Buddy Boy's. What you know what? You know, for somebody who doesn't even practice, um, I saw them uh, six or seven years ago, and there are a number of songs where he forgot the drums. What what are you supposed to play? Noticeably. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, but the internet has won again, and you can go onto YouTube and you can find uh, "Injustice for All" with bass, and it sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, Yep. All right, so what are you listening to right now? What's the last good record you listened to that um, you bought, you paid for? Rammstein. Okay. I bought, let's see, I just got Rammstein. I got Wilson, Woohoo, two weeks ago, two weekends ago. I was at the music festival in North Carolina and saw Wilson live, and those boys throw down. They are insane. Um, Were they better than Nelson? Uh, Nelson's pretty amazing. I like. I, I can't hate on Nelson. Uh, the bassist gave one of my individuals a pick. You know, two songs in, uh, almost came off the stage to hand him the pick. That was really cool. So I got to give Nelson major props and amazing musicians too. But uh, for like party, get wild and crazy, mosh pit, crowd surf, Wilson throws down. Good to know. Yeah, that was really good. And then I also bought the new uh, Seether album, but I haven't listened to it yet. Okay. I've liked a couple of the singles off of it, and I always like Seether, so it should be a good album. Fair enough. So the last thing I got was um, there's a record out of uh, out of Anchorage, a rapper by the name of Duckman. This is one of the guys that's coming down on, on June 22nd uh, with Alaska Ring. He's one of the guys we booked. Um, it's his record, um, uh, the Slim album, Searching for Slim. Shit, I can't remember the title off top. Bought it on, on Amazon last night. But I bought it because, uh, well, the samples, uh, that was one of the things that got me. There were, uh, like, trap beats with, like, old, like, boom bap samples. Samples that you've heard, like, other rappers rock over, um, but not like this. Um, Yeah, so there's some Bob James samples on there uh, that are like, oh, I've I've heard so-and-so, I think, you know, like, like, uh, Wu-Tang Clan. It was, um... Uh, I want to say it was the Daytona 500 sample. That um, but it was the like same song, um, but uh, uh, different part of the song. But it sampled and trapped up. And I could be completely friggin' wrong on that sample. Um, but it was one of the sam- I believe it was one of the samples from uh, Ghostface Kills Daytona 500. Uh. But uh, yeah, this Duckman, uh, this Duckman song, as well as a Stevie Wonder sample, and I probably yeah, it was it was very cool. But they were definitely kind of like trapped up, and it was just with those those very trappy hi hats and anyway, dope shit. So that's what I bought. Um, and they'll be down here on June twenty second. So if you're looking for tickets, they're at fifty one fifty vapes. Buy two of them. Bring a friend. Bring bring all of your friends. If you have friends. Bring if you don't have friends, buy two tickets, and I will I will I will be a friend of yours. I will I will find a friend for you. I will find someone who can't afford a ticket, and they will be your friend for the night. So you don't have to be sad and lonely. But can I share something? It's not really like an outrageous thing. Like I'm I'm not like I'm not as pissed off as I probably should be. Like so, 
Lucky Charms. I'm just I'm just airing it out now. Lucky Charms added a new marshmallow flavor. And that marshmallow flavor is uh it's not even a flavor, it's a freaking unicorn. It's a rainbow unicorn. Now, and I and maybe I'm not up on enough of my like Gaelic folklore. <laughs> but I'm fairly certain that you're not going to find any, you know, like, any cool stories of, like, Clan McGregor riding the the rainbow unicorns. You know, like, there's, like, why did you, why are you taking, like, this this culture, this civilization, and then you're attaching a magical unicorn? But if you were to do that with any other culture, and, and they do do it with other cultures, but when it, when it, when it is done, uh, we get upset. But here it's like we celebrate it with a new, like, weird colored ink that we put on the cardboard box. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird way of celebrating the civilization that saved the world as we know it. I don't know if you ever read that book, How the Irish Saved Civilization. But uh, during the Dark Ages, when all the books were being bore, burned and, you know, everybody's going to the Dark Ages, the Irish were the ones that were recording and keeping all the books and all the history. And now their uh, their <laughs> culture is being used to sell yeah. shit that's going to kill your kids. That's right. Okay. I think they made a mistake. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I should couldn't have figured out. It. Couldn't figure out whiskey a little bit earlier. All right. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know if we should be grateful or not. <laughs> it's yeah. What to say at that point? Um, I mean, if if the Irish hadn't saved civilization. Uh, then would we actually, I don't even know if, uh, I wonder about Miley Cyrus, if we would have had Miley Cyrus, but then we wouldn't have, uh, the, the remix of, uh, if, if the Irish hadn't saved civilization, then we might not even ha- get to be blessed with a, a Lil Nas X and, right. and, uh, um, back, back country road, back country road, back country road. Yeah. That sounds right. Old town road. Okay, Old Town Road. I should know this. So, <laughs> I, and I'm I'm not going to talk shit about that song. I refuse to talk smack about that song. Uh, there are a couple of things that I would like to say. Um, I, I don't agree with Billboard pulling that song off of the charts because it didn't fit the criteria of what a country song is supposed when to sound like. Listen to the rest of the crap they play on there. Yeah, you can't tell me that that is any less... Uh, or any any farther away from Merle Haggard than say like was that Kane Brown kid, um, and the, a lot of what gets played is country. You, you can't you can't attach a lineage to it, so so you just end up with what you end up with. But in the case of Lil Nas X, I love that they actually attached Billy Ray Cyrus to the remix, and here is why. I remember when that song came out, how shitty. That's the achy, breaky heart. That's a terrible song. That is a horrendous, that is a shitty song. It is a shitty song, and if you compare it to, like, other country music that was coming out at the time, you compare it to Randy Travis, or even oh, Garth, Brooks. Garth Brooks. How is that country? It's Bullshit garbage pop. But right. it was marketed as country the same way that Avril Lavigne was marketed like she was anything other than a than a pop princess. <laughs> Alright? Yeah. So 
So I love that they threw Billy Ray. Throw on the guy that ruined country, because if not for that guy ruining country in 1993, oh, 1992. Oh, God, it was 1991 even, perhaps. Holy crap. Um, yeah. So Bill Hicks has a joke about uh, a hunting show where, like, do you remember Bill Hicks? Yeah. Yeah, so the late Bill Hicks had a joke uh, about hunting down and killing Billy Ray Cyrus for entertainment on television. And and if I mean, it would have been great reality television because we're so close to that yeah. uh now. But yeah, Running Man? Yeah, we're But but Billy Ray Cyrus <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus on the remix and now it's in Rambo. Now it's in the it's in the trailer for Rambo. Oh yeah, I guess I need to go watch that. We'll, we'll I don't be, remember that being in there. We will. Yeah, that's the song that's playing. It's the. It's just Billy Ray Cyrus. Okay. Oh, I and guess I had the sound off when I was watching. <laughs> so, so we've got that now, and we've oh, got. Oh, and I hope that he makes all of the money. And yeah. And I hope that he's the that 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 young man is the kid that inspires. It inspires Andre three thousand to come back. Let oh. that let be let that be the secret hidden feature on his EP that's coming. Let let Lil Nas X be the guy that brings Outcast back. That would That'd make me so happy. Yeah. Um, so I hope that Billy Ray Cyrus and Lil Nas X. Um, Destroy what is left of country music, <laughs> and and I hope that all that is left is uh, is kindling, and mm. uh, you know artists. It allows artists to 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 rise back to the top. Otherwise, uh, we're we're gonna be stuck with these fucking mayonnaise garbage, love dove above, simple chord. Uh, yeah. chicks in tight dresses, guys in tight pants, uh, singing about the same bullshit and doing the same bullshit that they've done for the last, I don't know, since Achy Breaky Heart came out. Yeah. And, and now we've got that. Yeah. All right. So aside from the Rambo trailer with sound, off the top of your head, is there anything you want to, that, uh, that we're going to go see this summer? What are you thinking? Uh, I'd have to go and look at what's coming out. I, yeah, I've just been looking forward to Godzilla for so long that I can't even remember what was queued up. Yeah, kind of in the same boat. There's not really a whole lot that I'm I'm super excited for. John Wick has come out, yeah. and John Wick was great, by the way. I I very much enjoyed uh, the third John Wick. There were a lot of things in there that um, I think probably have more more basis in reality <laughs> than we let on. Yeah. I think that, that that idea of cashing in your, your chip, that cashing in that 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 one coin that maybe has a a, a cash value of something minimal, but that can that, that one coin has a value that could save your life. Mm -hmm. Um I also like that the more important you were, the harder you were to reach in, in that film. And that the people that were killed quickly and were unimportant were the guys that had 
freaking mobile hotspot cell phones. <laughs> Some people had their little old school like flip phone burners, but all the information was being transmitted um, from uh, um, people in a series of switchboards. Yes. And the guy running the show lives in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So... I don't know. Maybe living life for the gram isn't the best way to do it, especially if you're an international hitman doing bad shit. Um, but I, I was excited for John Wick. I really like John Wick. Um, but yeah, Wick and Godzilla were the two ones that I was very excited for this year. And I'm not... I, I know there's a Star Wars coming out that yeah. may or may not suck, um, but but my big ones this year have been the, the Godzilla and John Wick. So yeah, I can't think of anything else. All right. So if you can think of something you want to go see, let us know. The preference is to, if you're in Kenai on the Kenai Peninsula, to go to the Orca because it's locally owned. Yep. Um, and so if you want to go to the movies with us, let us know what you want to go see, and we could probably set something up. We could probably even grab grab a bite to eat. I think that we could set something up if, if folks want to. Grab a slice of pizza at Big Daddy's or something and walk over to the movies. We could probably do that. Yeah. And they are having the kids' shows. They're yeah. going to have Land Before Time. I think I have the Saturday shows. Yeah. Was it Saturday or is it Wednesday? I think uh, Wednesday, Thursday. Wednesday, Thursday. Either Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. You can find it on their website. Orcatheater.com? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shop local. Yeah. Oh, speaking of shop local, I know it's a little behind the, the tunes. Unless you're following the, the Woke and Bake podcast Instagram. Um the Everything Bagels special last week. Uh, it was a chocolate chip bagel with an Oreo cream cheese. Cream. Cheese. I went back twice. I went back twice for that. I went back a third time with my daughter to get her one. Uh, I got the like a sandwich, but like that, it's delicious. It's so good. Do they still have it? Um, probably not. But I'm sure like. If you go in there, like they can wrangle something up for you. They can make some. They can make something cool yeah, for you. I didn't make it over that day. You told me. Um, yeah. All right. So the dogs barking means my wife's home, and uh, that fun is dead. So. All right. Uh, let us know. Check us out. Uh, check out the Woken Bake Podcast on Instagram. You can also send me an email at wokenbakepodcast at gmail dot com. I will be in Massachusetts. For for a couple of for like ten days, I'll be recording from there, so that'll be cool. Uh, hopefully, get some stuff That's down where there. One of my favorite bands got their start. Power Man Five Thousand. Yeah, in Boston. Yep. Yep. Nice. Bob Zombie's little brother, Spider One. Really? Yep. I yep. had no he, idea. He started out rapping, and then it slowly evolved over the time over the years. Okay. One of the bands that. One of the greatest, if they had OD'd in like 1982, been one of the greatest American bands of all time, also out of Boston. Aerosmith. Aerosmith. OD'd. Yeah, that's actually, they had a good catalog. They, they apparently forgot. Um, what was it? Steven Tyler was listening to one of their old songs and didn't realize it was them. Went and told Perry that they should do a cover of it. Perry told him, You're a fucking asshole. That's us. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he's got a good ear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they um, they're just one of those bands that like the longer they stick around, uh, the less I believe it, and the less I want to see them. Like I do believe 
I do believe that the Rolling Stones still have a very good time touring because Mick Jagger is still making babies. <laughs> like, he looks like he's still having a good time making all of that money. Yeah. Uh, and the guys from the Rolling Stones, they probably hate each other, but they love that money so much. <laughs> Just going for it. Yeah, but the guys in Aerosmith, right? Like, I feel like when when I see... When I when I check out any interviews with them and it's it, and it's never any of them together, I always feel like like they're doing it for the money and they hate each other. But like, <laughs> but they're wondering whether or not the money's good enough to keep dealing with this asshole. Yeah, and and the Rolling Stones have figured out that yes, yes, you can get paid enough money to deal with this asshole. Yeah, I'm sure that if you're seventy odd years old. Um, you're Keith Richards or Mick Jagger. You, I'm sure you get tired of the other dude's shit. Yeah, but you make a whole lot of money together, and there's um, and there's a difference when when you listen to the old Stones and you listen to the old Beatles. There's a reason Mick Jagger's still fucking, um, and. That dude is like he was. He spent the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. He's still a, just a boner, just a raging. But he's making babies. He's got kids in like in their sixties. He's got he's got kids that are like two and filing for social security. Like there's a like how did, man? And if you're Mick Jagger's son and you can't get laid, you're like, oh man, what is wrong with me? Clearly, it's it's not the genetics. If you're not a ladies' man and you're Mick Jagger's kid, you're like, oh, man. Or are you like, I don't need that to feel like a man. I'm going to go hunt bears with my bare hands. <laughs> yeah. That you took off another bear. Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> just, just a real savage. <laughs> don't call me Steve Jagger. Call me Steve Dagger. <laughs> <laughs> And that's how babies are made. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, Jacob. Thank you so much, so much for your time. I know you have stuff to do. It's uh, it's past the time that you said you were you were gonna leave. So yeah. <laughs> all right. Always uh, a pleasure. Always. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you so much for listening to this. You guys are all beautiful, and I love each and every one of you individually and as a whole. Unit.